Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Today, I am so excited for our live conversation. Um, On this episode of Lessons in Resilience, I am going to be speaking to my coach, um, Leah Bratwaith. So Leah and I worked together last year for a number of months, and Leah was instrumental in how I came through a really transitional, transformational period of my life. How are you? I'm so good. It is so good to see you. So good to see you. It's been a little bit since we had our last session. I know. I know, right? And the world has drastically shifted since then. Again. We've been through this a couple of times together. Yeah. Amazing. We've done a few things for sure. How are you? I'm doing well. Vancouver. I'm doing well. I'm I'm wondering. I think the world forgot that Vancouver also needed summer. I don't know, it's my first summer here, but it is really chilly for July. I'm used to like the scorching hot of Ottawa, but yes. I, I still love it here. Not complaining, just noticing. <laughs> yes, just noticing. Awareness yes. of our spaces. It is a scorcher right now in Ottawa. It is a 37 degree day, which is something else. Oh my so God. we're sending some of our sun and heat over you, over to I'll you. I'll try to cool you down with these like chill <laughs> West Coast vibes. <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited for us to dive into today's conversation around self-doubt and leaning on wellness as a means for us to come through periods of self-doubt. Because not only have you helped me do that multiple times, but the way that we met was kind of in moments of self-doubt for both of us. So when I came across your Instagram post back in, it was December 31st, 2018. So New Year's Mm -hmm. Eve going into 2019. Mm -hmm. I was in Mexico with Mitch. We were having a vacation and I was scrolling that night and just feeling a little bit like, uh, just, you know, like that new, new year's blues where you're like, oh, I want so much. And how do I bring this into the world? And something feels off. And I came across your post where you were talking about how transformational of the year 2018 was for you. Yeah. And your words about that year touched me so deeply. And once I liked and commented on that post, you ended up going into a deep dive around the things that I've also <laughs> created. And that provided you some solace and support as you were memoir writing. So can you share when you were feeling that self-doubt around book writing, mm-hmm. how did you move through that self-doubt at that specific time of things? Mm, that was a really big one. And I feel like I've learned a few things about self-doubt because it used to be something that would definitely stop me in my tracks. And then I would prove it right. So I think there needs to be a sort of mindset shift that self-doubt isn't actually a bad thing meant to stop you. It means you're doing something new and big and you're moving more into your potential. So first of all, to acknowledge that, which takes a little bit of time because it can feel really like, it can feel really paralyzing to, to question everything. But 
in that moment, I was, um, my book was already done. I was in the editing process and I thought just getting the book done would be hard enough. And it was, <laughs> but the editing process was just bringing up so much more. Um, it's a completed manuscript. You've poured so much of yourself into it and you think, does anybody care? Is any, does this even relate? Is this making any sense? I don't think I can do this. And so you drawing your, like bringing attention to you by commenting on my post, which is something great about the power of social media and how we can interact with each other, um, brought me to exactly the moment that I needed. And it was, to me, it felt very serendipitous, very much like a gift from the universe in that space of just really being like, oh my God, I'm starting the new year off feeling so shitty. I don't <laughs> think I can do this. And then finding your work, watching Dream Girl was really what I needed to realize that to achieve your dreams, you're going to come up against doubt. You're, you've never done it before. Otherwise you would already have the thing that you wanted. So in that space, it was seeing other people doing the same thing, seeing women who had gone through similar journeys of transforming themselves to become the person who achieves their dream. Um, that was so inspiring and really pivotal. And it was a moment where I realized, okay, I've already done hard things before. This is new. It's not bad. What can I do to kind of help myself through this? And I ended up taking off some time watching your video, watching the, the movie, um, and just being really kind to myself and being like, okay, this is hard. It doesn't mean I can't do it. It just means that it's a hard thing that I'm doing. And then that sort of opened the gate for other things to start flowing through. And then a little pause, a little rest was exactly what I needed to dive back in and finish it feeling much more confident. And once you finish that book, that became the framework for the process that you take your coaching clients through. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that process, because now I've been through it, yeah. <laughs> um, is helping folks work through self-doubt. So in your client work, what are some of the ways that you have seen be effective for people to name, face, and move through those feelings of self-doubt and inadequacy? First of all, you just like name, like called it out right there to name it, to just admit like, okay, and sometimes we try to resist and we try to avoid feeling that discomfort of doubting ourselves. So we just stop. We don't let ourselves go beyond it. We say, okay, this must be the truth because this is the story that's playing in my mind. But what's really important is, and the work that we've done together is uncovering what that story underneath is because it's usually a fear that's associated with something. If I bring it back to the book writing, it was like, nobody's going to care. I'm not good enough. I don't. Oh my god! Isn't that like that? I feel like hands <laughs> up or like hearts in the comments if that's like your biggest self doubt trigger of, I'm not good enough. No one's gonna care what yeah. I have to say. Why would I do this? Yeah. Who am I to say anything? Like, what what do I have to offer? Sort of thing. And it all comes down to this worthiness piece that we picked up somewhere along the line in our childhood. We thought we needed to be something or someone else to get attention, affection, whatever it is. So in the work that I do, especially the beginning of the process of the live free lifestyle is to uncover the stories that have kept us in these dark holes of self-doubt. Because once you bring that to the light, you can say, oh, there's that old story coming back again. Or, oh, there's that old memory. Or, oh, this last time that I did something um, and it didn't turn out the way I wanted. And then we make that our truth and we bring that past into our reality. And that's what creates our future. So when we start to uncover those stories, first of all, admitting like something's going on here. I don't feel confident in this situation. What is it? 
the more aware you are of the stories that you're carrying with you, the more you can identify them, acknowledge them, and then start to align with a different story. So finding evidence of all of the times that you did do something that worked out or just allowing yourself to be compassionate enough to say, babe, I know this is scary. I know that this is like a big deal, but maybe just maybe there's another way of looking at this or there's another way of doing this or there's another possible outcome. Because when we're in that doubt spiral, the only outcome is failure. And we're like, oh my God, this is the only possibility. It's going to suck. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen. And then my worst nightmares are going to come true. But if you can remember that there are an infinite number of possibilities every step you take in life, then you can start to say, or maybe one person will care. And maybe that could be enough. Or maybe it'll just feel good that I actually did this thing, even though it was hard. And can that be enough? So it's learning to retrain our mindset, uncovering our stories, but really learning to find our worthiness and our validation, not so much in the outcome of other people's perception, but in the pride of, of ownership of the process that it took for us to get there. Mm. And something that we talked a lot about in our coaching sessions was around the rituals and the routines that mm. we have in place every day, because <laughs> I was having a bit of a self-doubt spiral myself this morning because I did the cardinal sin, which was as soon as I came out of bed, I grabbed my phone. Ah, the roll Some and days, <laughs> the roll and scroll. Some days I'm yeah. really good about not doing it. Other days I convince myself, oh yeah, like I'll just look at my phone for five minutes and then I'll finish my morning routine. Um, and then with the pace of the program launch happening, a lot of the messages from my team require immediate responses once I pick up my phone. So yeah. I went straight into work mode three minutes after waking up and I know that's the cardinal sin. But as certain things started coming up or we got information that made me go down the shame spiral, I realized like I need to interrupt the inertia of that negative spiral or of those negative thoughts. And so I sat and I did my breath work and meditation practice. But I'm curious to know from you, what are the rituals that ground you every day? Tell us about your morning routine that we've talked about in the past, but I know sets you up for success every day. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, can I acknowledge that the roll and scroll is something that even I do sometimes. And I'm like, Ooh, why do I feel like crap? And I'm like, ah, it's because I started by just grabbing my phone. And here's the thing. I have my alarm set to my phone, which is because I just recently moved. I haven't like unpacked everything and set up my alarm, but, um, most days I leave my phone either on airplane mode or I just don't open it or I just avoid looking at it. And I have the same ritual that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, years, um, journal, meditation and coffee. And I have my second cup of coffee in my lovely mug. <laughs> ah, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Um, but it's so, so, so important for us to get grounded within ourselves because we have such a draw and such a pull on our energy from the moment we open our eyes. We can even feel the collective trauma that we're all going through. There's so much that we're aware of. Our, our nervous systems, our energetic bodies are picking up, especially in this time of major shifting globally. Apart from that, we have our own micro worlds that are going on as well. So it's so, so important to tune in to the truth, to ground yourself in who you really are. And I call it your soul. I call it the part of you that is the truest, most resonant, aligned part that will get you to your dreams if you follow it. Um, and the only way to tune into it is to get still and listen. 
So meditation has been a super powerful practice for me. And it's not necessarily, I think a lot of people still get freaked out about meditation thinking, oh my God, I can't do it. I need to like quiet all the thoughts and there's just so much going on. I, I can't, I've tried and it hasn't worked. Even if you don't think it's working, it's working. The whole point of it is just to be aware. So even if you notice, holy crap, I have a lot going on in my mind. That's the practice. It's really just about getting to know what is going on in your inner landscape. So learning to tune in and say, how do I feel? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling unsettled? Am I feeling excited? Am I feeling nervous? Am I feeling joyful or grateful? And just starting to notice the quality of your thoughts. So the easiest way that, that I teach meditation is simply to anchor yourself into the present moment. And the best way to do that is through your breath. So even sometimes feeling into your body, if you're having a hard time focusing, hand on your heart, hand on your belly, and just allowing your breath to move through your body will literally bring you back into the moment and you realize, okay, I'm right here, right now, I'm safe, now what? So meditation, just like tuning in and getting still, and then the journaling part for me is so powerful because it gets, it's like a brain dump, all the shit that's in my head, I can get it out onto paper, even if it's just, I don't really have anything to say, I always start off by saying, good morning. And then I write whatever I'm feeling, write whatever's going on, if I'm nervous, what I have going on, and just having it outside of myself, so I'm not carrying it with me all day, is enough for me to start with a little bit more clarity. And then of course, coffee makes everything better. <laughs> I'm not really a morning person, so the ritual of smelling my coffee, watching it brew, all of that stuff is part of the awareness piece of really getting centered into the moment. Because those three simple things, having something delicious to smell and to taste and to get my senses into, having the calmness of my mind to really like figure out, okay, what's mine? Where do I need to go today? What do I need to do for myself to move through the day with more ease and grace? And then to let go of some of the anxiety through journaling, those three things are powerful to get you centered in your truth. So you start making decisions that are better for you instead of out of expectation for others. Mm -hmm. So for instance, the roll and scroll when you wake up and people are like throwing their stuff at you and you're trying to like Jungle negotiate it, it, you yeah. lose like, wait, I don't even know what's going on in my world today. So you're, you're not even fully present to be able to offer your best self to those interactions. So mm -hmm. even if it's just taking five minutes to start your day with yourself, I think it is one of the most powerful practices. And you'll start to notice so much change comes from answering, responding in an aligned place instead of like knee-jerk reactions of like, oh my God, they need something, I need to do something. And you're not even in the right mindset or framework to access the best possible responses. And something I wanna add here is just like from a cultural perspective as a South Asian woman, this is something my culture has like promoted <laughs> for centuries. Yeah. But that sometimes like Western our, our expectations and priorities as Western society is like the productivity, the hustle, oh, yeah. the secondary is your body and yourself. And so even me, for whom this is culturally embedded, I grew up seeing my aunt doing thought, which is prayer every morning. Like it, this mindfulness was part of what I saw in my culture, but it's been so hard for me to own that again. And I have a feeling that for a lot of our, our audience and listeners today, it's probably the same thing as we feel guilt for taking that time in the morning. But what I've 
what I know for sure is without that time, I am I don't, like, I'm not <laughs> the best me I can be for the world. Like, yeah. truly, like the clarity yeah. that I get from that. And the second part of that is pleasure. I feel like we're also a society that's so pleasure deprived that it's so hard for us to do things that actually make us feel, dare I say, good. The joy, happy, and like <laughs> mm, the things that feel delicious, like the smell mm -hmm. of that coffee. And so, how do you, in, and we didn't talk a lot about this in our coaching, but what role does like pleasure and doing things that really make you feel good play? in your life because I feel like self-doubt if you if self-doubt rears its head and you're like I'm just gonna do something that makes me feel so good mm -hmm. it has no there's no space for it anymore yeah absolutely I love that you just asked this question because I recently just um, made a pact with one of my girlfriends um, there's so much that calls our attention and most of the I'm sure your audience is in that space of being driven, having a purpose, wanting to have some sort of impact in the world, whether it's in their family unit or beyond. And it's so easy to get stuck in the work hard and then play. And there needs to be more balance. So recently I just made a pact with um, one of my girlfriends to hold ourselves accountable to just doing shit that feels good and seeing what happens. So from now until my birthday, this is the experiment that I'm on. I use my life as an experiment for everything. And the post that actually connected us was because I was talking about the experiment of like, what happens if I let go of all my stuff? Like, what, who would I be then? Now it's what happens if I just do things that feel good? Who would I be then? So without answering to the expectation of others first, but just saying what would feel the most nourishing and aligned right now, knowing that I have certain steps to take. The Live Free Lifestyle is in launch mode. And as you know, launch mode can be where all of the self-doubt lives because you're like, 100%. Oh does, any, does anybody care? Like it's the same stories from like when I was four years old or six years old or whatever. So all of that stuff comes up again. And it's so, so, so important to find things that bring you back to life because I think it's so easy to get stuck in the performance aspect of life instead of the experience aspect of life. Like we are here to embody these bodies with our spirit and to use that as expression. It's not the other way around. It seems like there's this focus on the purpose that we need to achieve, but the purpose is in the achieving. So it's in the process of becoming, expanding, whatever it is. So my work right now is like, how can I make it feel as good as possible? Do I need to go for a run in the middle of the day? Do I need to only schedule a certain amount of time for calls to happen? Do I need to space things out? Whatever it is. And like I said, I'm still in the experiment phase. So I'm seeing what it's like to take the reins off of like this pressurized control system that we have, of like linear check boxes to fill out and instead taking a more intuitive approach. And as soon as I start to let go of the control, as soon as I start to trust myself that what is in true alignment, and this is the catch, you have to be in true alignment. It can't just be, this feels good because I'm not doing anything hard. I'm doing a lot of hard shit, but I'm making it feel good. <laughs> it's choice-driven hard things. Yes. Um, and there are things that I know that are bringing me closer to what I want. So there's a, a little bit of a difference between only feeling good and doing things that are good for you. That's a bit of a, a 
spiral that or a side note that we can kind of dive into later, but um, just honoring what is coming forward as the truest expression of myself has exponentially increased the returns. Instead of saying, I need to hit these targets, I'm, I'm saying, I need to feel good in this process. And if, if this approach of funnels and systems doesn't seem to work, but this intuitive approach of like genuine outreach and care and conversation works better, let's see what that offers. And it's been like mind blowing to see that when you're in alignment, what's in alignment for you starts to flow in. And that's so much of the work that we've done together of finding that alignment within yourself so that you can follow the path being created through that alignment. Mm -hmm. So it's radical now at this point in my life where I'm like, only things that feel like a hell yes from like a place, even if they're scary, um, aligning with that. Mm. And that approach of, you know, like I've been thinking about this too, is how can I make launching and putting the big thing in the world or working towards this goal, like I would say for our future participants in the program, how do you make working towards the thing that you're called to, how do you make it fun, enjoyable? How do you make pockets of joy exist in the process? Because uh, someone said this to me when I was first diagnosed with cancer, they said, trust in the process of your life unfolding. And there's that sense of surrender. And it's like, there's moments when I'm in my meditations in the morning right now where I get so locked into the outcomes mm. and then I it takes me a minute to be like but wait like if I just open up and be okay with whatever happens in this situation knowing that I'm working towards like mm. what is in me to put into the world like I can give myself space to breathe like what a concept <laughs> no right and in that space so much goodness can enter Mm. So much goodness. And I think the really important question to ask, especially when you're in a driven state and you have that type of personality of like, I can make things happen. I know I can. Like I can like hustle and push and force. Asking yourself, wait, why, why am I doing this? What is this for? Is this for something inside of me or something outside of me that I think I need to be a fuller version of myself. Mm. And so learning to find that fullness, that worthiness, and that sense of trust in your innate ability and worth without becoming something that you're not or without selling yourself out or abandoning yourself or denying your needs or avoiding your desires. That I think is our whole purpose to be this embodied version of our whole selves and offer that to the world. That's the only way that we can really fulfill our purpose. And that's the only way that we can really offer something truly unique and truly potent and powerful. Mm -hmm. And it takes work to get to that place of recognizing that it's you in your essence that is the most valuable thing you can offer the world, not you in your performance. Mm -hmm. So it's incumbent upon us to figure out what feels good, why we're doing these things, whether or not it's a story of fear of, if I don't, I won't be good enough or if I don't, somebody else will, I'll be replaced or whatever it is and understanding where these stories are coming from. And if we're following the story or the blueprint of a fear-based um, past, or if we're following the true calling of our soul into a brighter future ahead. Mm -hmm. And what's so beautiful is I've noticed this in the last month with a lot of black creators in my life, black folks in my life is they have been able to speak their truth in a way that has not been mm. allowed or like that they were not 
didn't believe they were allowed to, or that there actually wasn't space to be heard. Yeah. And so, so much of that performance that has is put onto marginalized communities, Black and Indigenous communities specifically, is slowly being pulled away. And we're seeing this uprising of truth and like power. And it's so beautiful to watch mm. unfold because I think sometimes in the wellness space, we can get so embedded in the indiv individual's responsibility um, to heal, to grow. And like, there's a huge aspect of that in how we move in the world. Mm -hmm. But what we're becoming so much more aware of is also the systemic oppression and that you can't self-help your way out of that. <laughs> and that <laughs> the programs that we offer are a piece of the puzzle, but without yes. social supports, government supports, all these different things, that true transformation in terms of Maslow's hierarchy can't happen. Yeah that we are a part of a bigger transformation and shift. And just something I've been encouraged by has been seeing this transformation for voices and this mm -hmm. um, bigger power that I'm seeing in the communities that I'm tapped into and the folks that I'm now following online and were, was following before. Yeah, totally. I think that's, that's huge to recognize. There's, because as you know, my work is in personal development and all of that inner self-help sort of stuff. You know, I don't love that label of it. Um, but, Same. <laughs> it, I mean, it is a category boxes, whatever. Um, so on, an, in my belief, it does start on an individual level when you can honor your worthiness and humanity and divinity in a certain capacity, you recognize that everybody has that within them. And then you have the ability to see here and be willing to explore other people's perspectives when you're not so defensive about your own. It takes a certain amount of um, truth and awareness of your own areas. And it's not to shame yourself, but to be like, this is an area where I can grow. This is an area where I'm a little bit stronger to own that. And to recognize by saying that you might have an area that needs growth doesn't make you less worthy of a human. It doesn't make you a bad person saying, I don't know, like nobody's going to come and like take your dog or whatever. Like it's okay to be a human. And I think the awareness that's coming up, there's so much discomfort in the world. And the more that we can talk about it and be like, I'm uncomfortable in this situation, or I don't know, I don't have all the answers about this, or this is something I'm kind of ignorant about. We're letting ourselves be seen. And we're also able to honor the parts that are really strong and that are powerful and speak to those and share those as well. So I think the more that you can tune into yourself and come into your level of truth, the more you're able to rise to the position, position or part role you're supposed to play in this whole universal tapestry. So the black folks who are feeling more empowered, who are able to speak their truth will step into those roles of activism, of education, of um, whatever that sort of thing is. And the people or the folks who are feeling like their work is more to hold space and be compassionate and loving, they'll be okay accepting that role too. So individually, if we can honor ourselves as like a whole being, accept our role, accept our good and our bad, our light and our shadow, then we can truthfully show up in the world in whatever position we're meant to be in, whether it's holding down the fort in the family, whether it's like making these great social changes on, on bigger platforms, um, just recognizing, yes, we're all in this together. We all have different roles. We're all worthy and valued and valuable. Mm. 
I want to take it back a little bit to your story. We've got a, a little bit of time left. Mm -hmm. We're going a little bit over our time, but I, are you cool with that? You got Yeah, no, I, I just heard talking with you. So. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love for our audience to get a sense of your story. So you have come through so much in your 20s, and it took a real, a lot of courage for you to leave a life mm -hmm. that you'd known your entire life in order to be purpose-driven and in your truth now. Yeah. So can you share a little bit of what it was like? You both had, you left your marriage and you left a culture that was very dominant, Jehovah's mm -hmm. Witness, that mm -hmm. was a very big part of your life for a long time. Mm -hmm. What was it like to leave everything you knew, everything you was true for you up until that point, to embark on something entirely new, but also that you knew was your truth? It was... Um terrifying <laughs> I don't know like what's the word for like the most scared you could ever be <laughs> fucking terrified like fucking terrified like absolutely like holy shit I can't believe this is real life do I have to do this but I think we all come to these moments of recognition of something bigger within us so for a lot of years I was raised in this religion in this culture in this community and I always felt like everybody else is really into this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's not really like hitting for me. Like everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so great. Or at least that's what they showed on the outside. Um, and because I wanted so desperately to belong somewhere, to be included, it was all that I knew, my whole family, my friends, and it's very exclusive. So it's like, once you're in, these are, this is your circle. Outside of it is not safe. Outside of it is dangerous. Independent thought is dangerous. If you question, that's, um, that's an, uh, a deficiency within yourself and within your faith. So you gotta like try even harder to like increase your faith and, and double like down. Self-doubt in, in that oh, it's, it's is bred, embedded in you. Oh, absolutely. So it's, it's kind of like the first pill that you have to take. You have to realize that you don't know how to govern your life. You are just a, a lowly human. God knows everything. We're basically representatives of God, so we know everything. So it was this space of, of um, collective self-doubt that was like held together with shaming and guilt. Like if you don't show up at church and you feel bad because people call you out and they say they miss you and they announce on the platform, like we need to, we need to keep everybody together. So talk to the people who don't show up. And then the idea of shame is any, anything that went against this rigid structure, um, you were literally ostracized and called out like from the platform. So it's a, it's a, it's a fear-based way of keeping people in line. So that was my upbringing. I didn't know it wasn't normal. I didn't know that I was doubting myself. I didn't know that I was capable of having my own desires or even a truth of my own. So trying to fit in, I was doing all the things that I thought I was supposed to do. And I would be like, yeah, yeah, this is great. And I was like, this doesn't feel good, but I'm just gonna go with it. And it's so easy for us to get stuck in that mentality. It doesn't necessarily have to be a religious structure. We have our social structures of, Women are this way, men are this way, this means success, this means failure. And those are the same sort of cultural parameters that can, can brainwash you into thinking that your life needs to be a certain way. So coming to a place of honoring that call that felt 
true for myself, even though it was in complete opposition to everything I had known, was fucking terrifying. But I knew that I had gotten to 30 years old feeling so anxious and uncomfortable and not myself, even though I had all of the things I was supposed to have. I was married, we had beautiful homes, we had the dog, we were going on vacations, my closet was banging, we had all of the things, but I still felt miserable and empty inside. And that's when I thought, okay, there's maybe something else that I, there's, some, there's another way of doing things. And if I've done it this way and it still doesn't feel good, I have no choice but to try something else because I can't keep living like this. So I took one small step and it was just acknowledging that something was happening. And when I told my husband at the time, I'm like, I think there's something wrong with me. I think I need to see a therapist. <laughs> and that was it. It was the admission that something wasn't up. And then it was the acknowledgement that I needed help. And then from there, a couple of therapy sessions, her just asking me a few questions like, what do you want? That was like, I have no idea. Like what feels good to you? I have no idea. And that's when I started the journey of introspection and I started to align myself with whatever felt true and good to me. And that's when my life really accelerated into this place of achieving dreams and goals that I never thought were possible for me in the life that I was living before. Mm. So if you could look back to like that Leah right before therapy started oh. from like this place of you now, like what would you tell her or like, what could you show her? You know, sometimes I say to Mitch, I wish I could look at my life 20 years from now for one second, just yeah. for a second to just like get a taste of like what happened and like, did it all, did it all come true? Um, what would you tell her? That it is going to be okay. Like I just couldn't see what was coming and I still can't see what's coming. And that is the beauty of life. Like that's what it means to be truly alive because you are creating your life. You're co-creating it with a force that's greater, for, greater than you and benevolent. And it was very different from the source God that I had learned about this idea of energetic alignment and frequency and a universe that is full of possibility wasn't something I knew was actually a thing. And so I would tell her, with each step that you take that is most in alignment with what feels good to you, another door will open and will lead you to more things. It does not mean it's gonna be easy. <laughs> There's the <laughs> clincher. Like some people think, oh yeah, I want all my dreams to come true. I would just like to put a disclaimer that I am all for that, but know that you will have to become the person who makes that dream come true. And there is the growth period. There is the discomfort of expansion. Um, that brings up all the self-doubt. But when you do start to doubt yourself and when you can't see where you're going, it means you are exactly where you're supposed to be. You are walking your unique path. You're creating your life. You're living your truth. So allow yourself to be uncomfortable. Allow yourself to make mistakes. Like you've never done this life thing before. So mm -hmm. it's okay to, it's okay to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that you can trust yourself to come through mm -hmm. the other side. Absolutely. And that's a big thing that we're anchoring our program, The Next Right Step, in mm -hmm. is this concept of self-efficacy. Like, a lot of the time we look to external people to tell us how to do it, to tell us what we need to do. But really, like, and that's what I loved about coaching with you was you were my facilitator. 
But at the end of the day, I had all the answers, just like with your therapist asking you the questions. Like we're trained to think the world is supposed to show us and tell us, our parents, everyone in society, but really our next right steps are right here. We mm -hmm. just need the right questions, the right circumstances, the right container to help us work through it. And that's what I loved about working with you, Leah. It's mm. also that in working with you, you knew that there was an opportunity for wholeness mm -hmm. and that there was an opportunity for after the program and after our coaching completed, you weren't, you weren't trying to upsell me. You weren't trying to be like, you need me for life. You need me. I don't want you to need me. <laughs> exactly. And that's what yeah. I think is so refreshing and so powerful about how you teach and how you work with people. Because mm -hmm. there was never a point where I felt like I was, I needed to work with you mm -hmm. to heal. It was always a choice and it was always my own agency. Mm -hmm. And I loved that about working together. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so glad that you said that because my mission is to offer you the, the direction to find it within yourself. Nobody can dictate your life for you, but you like nobody has the answers of what's best for you, what's good for you, who you're meant to be, what you're meant to do, but you, it's just, sometimes we need somebody to help us see those blind spots and to point us in the direction of where to look to find that gold within ourselves because that's where it is it's your soul that is here to be expanded it's not some it's not your mind being told what to do even though it seems easier to just say just tell me what to do and i'll do it that's not your life though mm -hmm. so i appreciate that and on that note do you want to tell everybody about live free lifestyle because you are in launch mode yes actually we start next week i'm so excited <laughs> So the Live Free Lifestyle is my signature mentorship program. Komal has participated in it, and it was such an honor to guide her through that. And really what it is, it's a nine-week program that helps you uncover who you really are, what you really want, and what you're meant to do. And that's my book. <laughs> you can get that on Amazon or anywhere that you buy your books online. Um, but it's a really transformational, condensed program that takes years and years of study, practice, experience, training, and learning, and condenses it into a step-by-step -step methodology so that you can find your truth, you can find your voice, you can uncover your desires, you can really start to formulate your own boundaries, get clear on your purpose, unleash your potential, and stand fully in the power of who you really are. So it connects you back to the truth of who you are, which I call your soul. And it allows you to set it free in the world so that you can be the most expansive and powerful version of yourself. It begins July 14th. I'm so excited. This is the fourth round of it. I was thinking, I was actually writing about that this morning, um, that this is the fourth round of it. And I'm so honored and excited to welcome whoever wants to still join but i have a great group of women that we're going to be starting with on tuesday so if you're interested you can head to the link in my bio or head to leahbrathwaite.com um, find out more information and apply there amazing thank you so much <laughs> leah and thank you for your thank time you. today i'm just going to take a second to share about the next right step program as well which is my five-week master class in resiliency and leadership um, so this is the foundation and the systems that I've used to build a high impact life while staying well through the process um, and ensuring that the impact I'm here to make 
is sustainable over a long time instead of short periods of time. And the reason that this program is what I'm building is because I got really sick at a really key part in my career. And I realized really quickly that those of us who are here and called to do really important, impactful work, whether it's politics, whether it's well in the wellness space and helping people find their voice, it's therapy, it's activism, we burn out fast because our work is so demanding. So we need very strong systems in place to help us do this important work. So if that sounds exciting to you, head to komal.com slash masterclass or the link in my bio to join our waitlist. Sales go on sale on Monday. And I'm also going to be joined by five incredible thought leaders throughout the program. So stay tuned for more on that. And one more thing, I, our podcast episode for this week is live for Lessons Learned, and it's all about self-doubt. The five different things that self-doubt <laughs> might be indicating for you if you're feeling it. So head over to listen over on Lessons Learned on all the places you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. And thank you so much, Leah, for joining me today. Thank you. I have reflected on and learned so much. And mm -hmm. I am so excited for this next cohort in the Live Free Lifestyle for their lives to be changed. Me too. And I'm so excited for your program. This is so needed. I'm so, so, so proud of you and so excited that you're launching this because it's going to be, it's going to be absolutely incredible. <laughs> thank you, Leah. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Komal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at LessonsLearned.co. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye.